Our text this morning is the uh, gospel reading, Matthew 21. Uh, I need to go back to, uh, looks like uh, 24 and 25. Jesus is speaking. He says, I will also ask you one question, and if you tell me the answer, then I also will tell you by what authority I do these things. The baptism of John, from where did it come? From heaven or from man? This is our text. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. I'm going to tell you an embarrassing story, which I know I never do. Well, I do sometimes. Uh, When I was a young man at the Coast Guard Academy, it seemed that I was uh, often uh, difficult about military matters. Apparently, I wasn't great at that stuff. So one day, uh, the commander who was in charge of the cadets um, called me in for a little conference. I guess they were trying to decide whether to keep me or not. And we had kind of a long conversation, but one of the things he said to me is, you know, a lot of your peers say that you're irritable. Now, I know you don't think that because you've never seen that, but or maybe you have and you should ignore it either way. Uh, He said that some people had said I was irritable. And of course, that instantly made me angry because I know I'm not irritable and uh, I rebelled at that and I voiced it and I kind of yelled at the commander, which you're really not supposed to do when you're a cadet. And I told him that I was not irritable. And he actually laughed out loud along with the lieutenant that was there with him. He said, so you're not irritable, huh? See, I mean, this is what they call classic denial of the truth, and uh, that's sort of what's going on here in this reading with Jesus. The people that worked at the temple, um, Jesus went into the temple, <coughs> and it says that, that the chief priests and the elders uh, decided to speak to him, and uh, they were, I would say... Um, very uncomfortable with him because he he spoke against them pretty regularly telling them that they were not doing what they're supposed to do and they they denied him they didn't like him they didn't think he had the authority to say the things that he was saying because he was just a a carpenter from nazareth i guess a rabbi and even a very famous one and he'd been doing some things that were powerful or so it seemed he was doing miracles and the problem they had was that they that uh, they had heard that he teaches things that were unlike the traditions of the elders, the things that they were teaching. Uh, it was a pretty simple case of contradiction. And people believed him. And they followed him. That The problem for these people was that if Jesus was right about the things he was saying, then, uh, then that would mean that they're not right, which would be unusual for them because they're in charge of right and wrong and somebody saying that they're not right was an issue for them. And uh, the other possibility is if, if they were wrong and Jesus was right, then uh, there was at least a small chance that God could be angry with them because 
if Jesus was who he said he was, then they were in direct contradiction to God himself, and that's not going to go well for the teachers of the people of God. So they were nervous. And they asked him where his authority came from. Uh, it should have been more or less obvious. If you, know, if you do powerful things that actually help people, that should be the end of the conversation, but it wasn't for them. So uh, uh, they asked where his authority came from, and he says, well, let me ask you a question. That John the Baptist guy, where did he get his authority from? Was it from heaven or was it from people? And they didn't want to answer that question either because uh, they didn't like John the Baptist either because he was the one that said that this Jesus guy is the Messiah, which is upsetting to them because that's the Son of God and all the implications that I've already said to you. They were uh, not happy with John the Baptist either. And they knew that if they said that John's baptism was from God, then... Uh, there was the Messiah standing right in front of them <laughs> that they were having problems with, and that was not going to go well for them. And, and if, if they said it was from people, then, uh, then uh, the crowds that, well, I mean, you know, the temple's kind of a busy place, and there were people that were there all the time, uh, and they were responsible to them. I mean, you know, if you think about it, pretty much everybody in authority requires the cooperation of the people that they're in authority over, you know, even emperors are concerned that there's going to be an uprising because you know that's uh there's an awful lot more other people than there are emperors so this is the same kind of thing if they said that john was baptizing because some people told them to do it then they would have to face the crowds because they all believe john the baptist and they didn't want to do that either they were afraid so they said i don't know i don't know where authority comes from which is a lie, at very least, denial. Fear was ruling them that day. Uh, whether they were right or wrong, they were in some trouble. And, uh, and I think they understood that. <coughs> That's the problem with being afraid. And so are we sometimes, if we think we're right, about something, whatever it is, whether it's a theological issue or some other thing, if we think we're right, there is a lot of potential trouble there. Of course, it depends on how you deal with that. When was the last time you thought you were wrong? It's kind of hard. It goes against human nature a little bit. Uh, I think I'm wrong, so I'm not going to say anything. Well, that, you know, good luck with trying to keep that under wraps. But um, if, if we're wrong, and we say we're right, and we insist that we're right, then we're actually sinning before God. We're lying to ourselves, we're lying to people, and, and we refuse to see otherwise. That's a problem. If we were actually right and insisted on it like that, then somebody's going to be angry because we're insisting. Uh, and insisting isn't really needed when you're right, although we do it all the time anyway. Uh, and then you, you can cause some other people problems. And nobody, when they're faced with, with an accusation of sin, is, is happy about it. Nobody wants to be accused of sin. So mostly we insist that we're right. 
because um, it's better than being wrong, especially if the accusation is sin. Because if you're sinning, then that's a problem for God. And if you're not sinning, then somebody gets mad at you. I mean, it doesn't matter where you stand. If you insist on being right, you're going to have problems. Because it's either weakness in the world if you accept that you're wrong or if you actually sinned, even if you insist otherwise. Or, or even worse, there's this danger of sin and death and we stand before God and that's not going to go well. So all of this uh, sin stuff in, in the way of an accusation, if you insist that you're right, is potentially a great horror of the eternal kind because of denial and because of insistence and because of the irritation toward people. Because even if you're right, if you're irritating people on purpose by insisting, then you're still sinning. It doesn't really matter how you deal with that. But it's really, really ultimately hard to say, yup, you're right, I sinned. Because we don't like to say that. I guess it's a little different when you stand in here and nobody's accusing you of anything and you can stand in front of God and say, yep, I'm a sinner. Uh, that's one thing. But when somebody stands in front of you and says that what you did is a sin, that's a difficulty. And it's much less trouble in that circumstance to protect yourself with a denial or a lie or whatever. I got to tell you, though, if you try to lie to God or even present yourself in denial before God or even lie to yourself or deny the truth to yourself to save yourself some difficulty, it, it can't work. Uh, it, you've heard how many times have you said if you say you have no sin, you deceive yourself. So, you know, if somebody says you're a sinner, you should say, well, big surprise that. Uh, of course. Of course you sin. No big surprise there at all. If somebody else sins, you say, oh, yeah, I've seen that before. That happens. Even if it's a great big monster sin, you know that it happens. The denying is just silly. It's just bondage to sin and death in the end. It's the truth that sets you free from that bondage. To fear God finally is accepting the truth. You are, in fact, a sinner. You do sin. It should not surprise you if you do. You're going to do it by accident. You're going to do it in ignorance. You're going to do it on purpose. That's just what you do. Not a surprise. And on the other hand, God is completely and perfectly holy. And he is also, as it turns out, not happy with sin, to put it lightly. And he is also almighty. So whatever he thinks to do about sin, he can do. And there's nothing you can do about it. Fear of that circumstance is just reasonable. It's the truth. Or at least part of it. It's the beginning of it, if you trust the proverb that says, fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. The rest is here in this reading that you have before you today. Christ is there. This is just Jesus 
who is the Messiah, who is the Savior, is there. He is the Son of God who comes down from heaven. He takes on mortal flesh for a particular purpose. The rest of the story is he even came for the Pharisees, the chief priests and elders that denied him. He came for them too. He came for you. He came to die for sinners. Yes, even for you. Now, you know, if he wasn't who he said he was, if he died without holiness, he died for nothing. But uh, that's what these guys think. But he is the son of the living God. He is walking around in flesh for a particular purpose. His sacrifice, uh, as witnessed by his resurrection, if, if, if the Father in heaven raised him from the dead, that means that he is pleased with him. That means that all the things that he said and did were pleasing to him. That makes his sacrifice holy and perfect and salvation for you. It saved you, a sinner. That's the truth that sets you free. That's the truth that needs to be believed. You need, you need fear your God about death no more because he, he obviously loves you. Your sin has been forgiven in what Jesus has accomplished. He's the, the Messiah. He's the Son of God. He comes down and he goes to a cross and he sheds his blood and all of his suffering. That is absolute proof of your forgiveness. It is absolute proof that the Father loves you more than the life of his Son. How dearly is that to be loved so much? You can believe him as demonstrated all these ways. He reveals his truth and as you believe him you will know the truth. And as Jesus said from his own mouth, the truth sets you free. Free from sin, free from death, free from bondage, free from the penalty, free from eternal damnation, free from hellfire. It's all done. It kind of stuns me that these guys are so arrogant as to say we do not know. I mean, people have told me, well, you're one of the good guys because you say you don't know sometimes. Well, uh, if I'd said I don't know here, then that makes me something else entirely. These guys, they say they don't know because they don't want to confess their sinfulness. They don't want to accept the truth. They don't want to admit anything in front of Jesus because of fear. So they were still slaves to sin. They could not help themselves. But you, when you come to this place, you confess your sinfulness. You say in thought, word, and deed that your sinfulness is the truth. You say also as you confess that you are free in God's grace because of what Jesus has done. All of this is just the truth. When you see these things and when you say these things, uh, when you speak them together, you, you confess. Confessing means to speak with somebody. You're not speaking only with each other. You're speaking with God. He has said that you sin and you believe it. He has sin, uh, said that you are rescued from that in the blood of Christ and you believe it. And so you confess that you sin and you confess that Christ saved you and you confess that you believe all of this. That is accepting the truth, knowing the truth 
and it has set you free. Amen. Now may the peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.